Should I say hi? Welcome to Start Building Your Life. I already started recording it. <clears throat> I can. Yeah, isn't that what you do for your normal yeah. episode? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Start. <laughs> I'm like, do I look at you or do I look I don't know. It's so official. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Start Building Your Life podcast, where I've usually been sharing the five lessons I've learned in the past week. But today's going to be a little different. I have my friend and co-worker Rosie here with me. Um, so Rosie and I have been working together for more than six months, right? Yeah. Um, we met through work and and we've had a couple like deep conversations about life and such things before. And I thought she would be the perfect guest for my very first uh, guest on my podcast. Woo-hoo! Hi, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say a little bit about yourself, like who you are? I'm going to get this mic a little closer to you because I feel like I am louder than you are. Okay. This yeah. is good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Perona and I met because we both moved out here for work um, and we work kind of closely together. I see her a lot and um, I feel like we're a lot of times on the same mental page, which is pretty cool. Yes. I feel like the way that... I at least first felt connected to was because we were talking about how we moved to a, like a completely different state just for work and then how we're like oh fuck like this is adulting and, yeah. and we're like just having I know I was having a mental breakdown because I was like, oh my gosh what did I do with my life like college is over now this is it like a nine to five yeah. job is it and yeah what's life? next yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly Ooh, okay <laughs> Okay, so I kind of have a topic outlined for today's podcast. Um, so I picked up this new book called Total Freedom by Krishnamurti. And um, it's it's a, it's like a philosophical book. And I got this recommendation from Tim Ferriss's podcast with Naval Ravikant. Um and I just, I, I like the way that he described the book and the thoughts that were in it. And I thought that I would pick it up myself. I know I picked this book up about like two to three years ago, but the ideas in it were too intense for me. And I just started questioning everything about my life and what exists. And I just, I couldn't handle it. And I was like, I can't do this right now. So I just shut it off and I, I, I didn't go for it again. But I thought now I was kind of ready to get into it and, and question life and, and all sorts of things. But um, okay, so I just made it through like the very first chapter and I thought there was a very interesting point. Um, I'm going to read, read out some excerpts from his book and then Rosie and I will kind of dig into it and, and talk about it. All right, cool. All right, so the first paragraph that I'm going to read out is, to have this profound revolution you must become fully conscious of the structure which you have created about yourself and in which you are now caught. That is, we have now certain values, ideals, beliefs, which act as a net to hold the mind, and by questioning and understanding all their significance, we shall realize how they have come into existence. Before you can act fully and truly, you must know the prison in which you are living, how it has been created. And in examining it without any self-defense, you will find out for yourself its true significance, which no other can convey to you. Through your own awakening of intelligence, through your own suffering, you will discover the manner of true fulfillment. Your first concern is to become conscious of the prison. Then you will see that your own thought is continually trying to avoid coming into conflict with the values of the prison. 
This escape creates ideals which, however beautiful, are but illusions. It is one of the tricks of the mind to escape into an ideal, because if it does not escape, it must come directly into conflict with the prison, with the prison, with the environment. That is, the mind wants to escape into an illusion rather than face the suffering which will inevitably arise when it begins to question the values, the morality, the religion of the prison. So I'll kind of share what I get from it and then you can tell me what you get from it and then we can dig into it. So my understanding is that, like I've been living for what, 20, 23, 24, okay, 24, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living for 24 years and throughout my 24 years I've definitely picked up a lot of like values and beliefs from my family, friends, other experiences that have happened to me um, and I have I may have some like, irrational fears that I don't even know about but I've picked up because of things that have happened in my life and they've been ingrained in me for so long that I associate that as like part of who I am. I feel like my phone's my sister's calling. I just rejected it. Sorry, Juthi. <laughs> <laughs> Call you back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So those have become a part of me. And right now as I'm living through life, all these values and beliefs are almost like, I don't even think about them. And they're like judgments. So if something happens, I just react to it. And that's almost like a prison that I am living in because I don't even know that I'm in it. And I don't know how I picked it up. And so I just go through life following this value or belief that I've had without even questioning it. And I don't even question if it's good or bad for me. It might be good for me, but I don't know it. So it's just all foggy and it's just in me. Yeah. yeah. Do you know where your prisons come from or what the source of some of them are? So I listed like, I think three. Let me take, I can pull it up. Okay. Okay. These are like raw, raw, okay. 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 So the number one thing <clears throat> that I put up is I care too much about my what my family thinks of me. And I will present a version of myself that I believe they want to see. Mm-hmm. And it's like I want their attention and ad- adoration. Okay. Am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah. And when I don't get it, I feel like I act out and I want their approval. Okay. Is that something that you... Um, are always living in or is it a prison you're only living in when you're interacting with your family? So I feel like since I've grown up, I obviously don't see them as much. I don't like live in the same household and stuff like that. But I do notice when I'm like, I think talking to my mom on like FaceTime or whatever, I do like I want to present myself as the version that she wants me to Mm -hmm. be rather than like presenting like who I really am like I see that I always want to present myself as someone who's like oh I'm the big daughter and I can take more responsibility than I really really can right yeah like an example that I'll give you is um so again for those of you on podcast who don't know and I don't know if Rosie you know this either so my family and I got the U.S. green card uh, back in 2016. So my siblings and I all moved and like stayed in the U.S. But my parents keep going back and forth. They come into the U.S. for a few months, go back again, and just they just go back and forth and hop around when they come here. And um, and so right before Jake and I moved to Michigan, there was like a family conversation that we were having about us, my, my parents, just staying back in the U.S. completely, right? 
And immediately, without even thinking about it, I was like, oh, like, hey, you guys can come and like live with me in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Jake and I will like figure it out. We'll get a two bedroom house, whatever it is, we'll make it work. And I, I made that promise to them. And they were seriously like thinking about doing that because I, I told them that I could take care of them, right? But once they were, once they told me that they're seriously considering doing that, I was like, oh shit, like I'm not ready for that. No. Like I just got out of college. I don't have savings. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to handle like two adult people who are going to live with me. And I didn't even talk to Jake about it, if that's okay. It's just like all these things, you know, so it's so irrational. I just like, no, 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 I can take care of you. Like, like mom and dad, I got you. And I just wanted to present myself as like, yeah, the responsible daughter who can take care of them, even though I wasn't ready right. to do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And how did you end up getting out of that? It just didn't. They were just like, no, we're not going to stay back oh, okay. in the U.S. Yeah. So you didn't have to like I didn't have, let that's them the down. Thing. I could never do that. Like that, that's, ah. Uh, and it's like, even in my culture, you just don't talk openly with your parents like like this stuff okay i feel like it's almost expected that once you grow up and like you have a job like you can take care of your parents I you see. know what i mean yeah and yeah you're just not open like i've i don't tell my parents that i love them really oh that's so interesting it's just it's weird to say like hey love you mom it's that's weird wow that's so different than my family yeah do you talk to them a lot? Are they a big part of your life? Yeah, okay. they are. I love them and they love me and I know it, but it's just when it comes with words, like affection like that, it's just not, not, a, thing. The, not a thing. Yeah. Okay. I say love you to like Jake's mom, but I, I don't say it to yeah. my mom mom. That's so interesting. Huh. I haven't met a lot of people like that, or at least that we haven't no. talked about it. So maybe I have, I just don't know. But that's so interesting. It is, yeah. And, and gosh, these are like other prisons or whatever coming up, but I guess we'll let the conversation flow. But so when Jake and I first started dating, whenever we would have a fight, I would always shut down. Mm. Like, I wouldn't talk. I'm just like, nope, like, you made me mad, now I'm just shut down. Mm. And I'd be all passive aggressive because that's what I learned. My culture is Oh, passive aggressive. Yeah. My mom was incredibly passive aggressive. If like we were kids, we didn't we did something she didn't like, she would just shut down. She'd be like, "Oh, whatever. Like you guys do what you want, you know." Mm-hmm. And then she'd just like walk away like right. that, right? right? And I feel like that's what I've learned. And I didn't even know that I was passive aggressive and now like silent like that until Jake. Until I started talking to Jake, and Jake pointed it out to me. He's like, "You cannot just shut down. You need to communicate to me like what you didn't like." Like, what pissed you off? What made you mad? Because if you don't communicate, like, how we're does not going to... Yeah, how does he know? How are you going to solve this? We won't right. get out of it. You're just going to stay with it. So it took me a long time to be able to really talk about my feelings like that when I'm feeling angry. Mm-hmm. Because I would just shut down. That's all that I knew. I would walk away. I would, like, run away. I would leave the house. And I just didn't want to deal with it. because, And I come back with like, oh, don't worry about it. I don't right. want to talk about it. But inside, I'd keep building up. And then once I started to learn to communicate when I was like angry and, and pissed off, I started looking back at my previous relationship. I was like, I would just hold it in. Mm. And then it would just like, 
it gets like heavy it and gets then it just, it's gonna come out at and then point. yeah it used to it would come out like no you do this like on this day like a year ago you did this like how could you do that you're doing the same thing and it would just blow up and the other person's like what the heck like right you never said anything and i and i did it and they were right like i didn't say anything i just blew up when i thought that it was right to blow up yeah yeah that's something i i feel like i st- i'm still trying to learn um because i've i've experienced that in relationships too or just with friendships even where you just push it down you're like it's fine it's fine moving on moving on and then like all of a sudden it just all comes out at a time when it shouldn't yeah and then you're like oh I felt that way but I didn't even really like acknowledge it or deal with it properly yeah and it could it would have been a lot easier if at the time you were just like that made me upset because blank yes yeah and but you carried it around for weeks or days or whatever and then and then it's you act out like you said yeah yeah, and I feel like once, if you say it out loud, it's, like, out there, and it almost, like, it helps me decompress, like, okay, now I can let go and I can move on. Right. But if I hold it inside me, I'd hold it in, like, for months, and I'd just, like, paint it, paint it up in my head, and it would, it, would, it would have been such a small issue if I'd just spoken out and, right. like, let it go. But if you leave it over time, I feel like it just grows it builds up yeah you replay it in your head yes yeah oh yes I'm so guilty yeah same and it's still something I work on because I don't want to I don't want to make a big deal out of things I guess that maybe I think shouldn't be made a big deal even if it's bothering me so I'm like oh it's fine it's fine that's what I always tell myself but it's not fine and I think about it all the time and then yeah. it always comes out and it makes you look like the bad guy when you act out. So then really it's yeah. like, oh, like she's just like having a she day. She doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I'm curious. How do you deal with conflict? Ooh, um, I try to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been reading a book um, about communication and it has you take like a quiz at the beginning about what kind of communicator you are yeah. when it comes to conversations that aren't easy. Okay. And I'm an avoider. So when something happens, I run from it at all costs. I don't want to talk about it. I pretend like it's fine. I don't even want to acknowledge my own feelings regarding it, even in my own head. Um, and I've always been like that. Uh, okay. I think that's that's actually relates to one of the prisons that yeah. I have, ident- have identified. Um, it starts with, I think, my family. So I have a couple, I think, that that have stemmed from how I grew up, Um, one of them being that my family, so it's my parents and my sister and I, and the three of them would argue all of the time amongst each other. My mom and dad would argue all the time. My sister would argue with my parents, and it would always get ugly. It would always get, like, yelling and, um, you know, stomping around. Yeah. Never, like, physical or anything like that but it would just always be like loud and angry mm-hmm. and then there would be a long cool down period and it would be like I'd have to like tiptoe around the oh. house and not like bother anybody because yeah. everyone's so upset yeah so I from that and that would give me massive anxiety because like I wouldn't be involved in it and I would just have to live in a house where everyone's mad no one wants to talk no one's being friendly um and so I um I think I, I never want to be part of anything like that. So I'm always just like, nope, I'm not going to talk about it. We're not going to make a big deal of it. But there's such like a middle ground between being silent and being like openly like angry and loud. Yeah. So those are just like the two opposite ends of the spectrum. So there's like a healthy way to live in the middle. But I just don't even want to get to the other side of the spectrum. So I think I just like hide in my shell and I'm like, it's fine. I'll deal with it. 
but um, that's come to like plague me in many friendships, mm-hmm. uh, pat like past relationships, mm-hmm. um, and even sometimes with myself. Yeah. Something bothers me, and I don't like that it bothers me. So I'm like, it doesn't bother me. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I don't think about it. I don't process it, but it's there, and I can feel the heaviness of it. And then I never, like, do anything about it until, like, it all kind of comes out at once and I lose, like, work on Friday when I, like, yeah. had a breakdown. Like, there was probably a lot of things that led up to that. Yeah. But I didn't let that. I tried not to let them bother me or I didn't even, like, I didn't even process that it made me yeah. feel some type of way. And then it all just comes out at once. Yeah. But when it all comes out at once, you don't know, like, where it started or what contributed to that except, like, the thing that, like, finally tipped you over the edge. Yeah. So then I never really realized the things that bother me because, like, to me, it's, like, the last thing that made me cry or whatever is, like, yeah. why I oh, cry. But okay, it's okay. not, like, the ten <gasps> things from last week. Last, yeah. And so then it's just, like, like, a pattern yeah, yeah. of not knowing. So, like, maybe something happened two weeks ago that really upset me and that's what's, like, been putting me off. Yeah. But, like, I didn't recognize it and now I don't know that it made me upset and yeah. I had my breakdown. I, like, cleared everything out and now, like, it might happen again this week. But I don't know that it bothered me. So it's just going to keep, like, cycling. You know what I mean? So. And in my current relationship, like, my boyfriend is very, let's communicate everything. I want to know what's bothering you. Tell me your feelings. And he always, like, he knows when I, like, start to, like, retract. And, like, kind of, he calls it, like, go into my shell. (laughs) And I'll be like, come out. Like, we have to talk about this. And I hate doing that. Yeah. through that, I've, like, started to learn that I need to talk about my feelings and that my feelings are valid in the first place. Yeah. But um, definitely a long road ahead to where I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> the pattern thing that you were saying, that actually reminds me from, apart from this book. So Krishnamurti says, like, a lot of complicated stuff, and I and I always, like, I have to try and simplify it because I just don't know what he's trying to say, so I, I have... I, I can just say what I think that he means. And one of the things that he talks about is like, again, you go through experiences, like life experience and everything, and then some things happen, but you don't process it. You just react to it. Mm-hmm. So you don't really understand what happened to you. You just reacted to it. But it's it's with you, though. And all you know is that you, all you, all, we, all you've learned is how you react to it. So the next time that it happens, you still don't understand the issue. Right. And then you still react the same way. And the same thing happens again and again and again and again and again. And then he says, because you're doing this like whole pattern thing, and every time that it happens, you suffer, right? Like you had the breakdown and then you cried, so you, you suffered. There was a lot of pain in that. And he says the escape from that is basically for you to look at the situation, really process what happened to you, understand it, and only then you can, like, let it go and break the pattern. Right. Yeah. And imagine living like that and, like, actually being able to do that every time. You would suffer, in quotes, so much less, and you would just, like, carry so much less baggage and, like, weight around. Yeah. If you could, or if anyone could could actually live by that. I feel yeah. like that's such a... If you can get there, that's, like, an amazing thing. I feel yeah. like it probably takes many, many years to to even, like, be able to function like that and not react so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I, I like, want to get there, but it's just... And I... But now that I'm, like, digging into and getting into philosophy, like, in the past few months, I... 
I feel like there's so much about myself that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, I probably picked this up, like, years and years ago. And I've right. been doing the same thing for so many years. Right. Well, and I think that's one of the things they say about meditating is, like, it allows you to create space. The more you meditate between some uh, an event and your reaction. Yeah. Because I think, especially with you, I think if you, like, had 15 minutes between, like, something happening that bothers you or upsets whatever and and reacting i think you could you could probably react quote unquote perfectly every time but it's like how do you take that 15 minute break in one second yeah i I know what you mean yes yeah like if i could like flow chart how i felt like this happened this is what then this then this and now here's how i feel and if i had the time and space to like pause everything and think about it yeah. and then like go back to the root and then be like this is how this made me feel like I wouldn't have I wouldn't carry around so much weight yeah. emotionally or like baggage but because I don't um I don't have that like processing time yet through meditating or whatever it is yeah. I just react and then I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine hold it down and then like as I said, yeah. it comes up later, but you won't ever know what it is. Yeah. And I feel the same. I think the thing that I hate most about, like, reacting is that whenever, like, I'm in a fight or whatever, and I'll react and I'll say something because I just reacted and I didn't think about what I was going to say. And then, like, an hour later after I've cooled down, I go back and I'm like, shit, like, I regret saying that. Mm-hmm. Like, why did I say it? Mm-hmm. Because... I, I didn't really mean it. Like, now I hurt the other person. Mm-hmm. And then I have to deal with the guilt, right? right? Of right. like, oh, like, I, I shouldn't have said that. And the other person is hurt, too. And it's just, I don't know. And I just, I want to be able to be, like, cool and calm enough to, like, see the situation as it is. Right. And, like, react, right. like, the right way. Like, look from overhead and, yes. like, see yourself outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that, I have not, so I know I asked you, like, how you deal with, with conflicts and how you were saying how like your boyfriend like you he he's the one who wants to talk and like pull you out of that shell and right. you're just like no 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 like just let me let me <laughs> be me here like leave me alone like I I'll deal with this like but right. not really right um so whenever I guess he approaches you do you feel attacked like like you not wanting to come out okay let me give you some context yeah. because what I'm saying so. <laughs> This, like, past weekend, uh, one of my best friends and I were, like, texting and we had kind of a conflict going on. Okay. Okay? And how I deal with conflicts right now, what what I learned with Jake is that I just go and I want to clear it out. Okay. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you or FaceTime you or whatever, and I need you to, like, talk to me mm-hmm. and tell me exactly what you mean mm-hmm. when you say what you're saying. Because right now I feel like I don't get passive-aggressive messages anymore. Like... To me, it's mixed. Like, I, you could be saying something, but maybe the tone is coming across as something different mm-hmm. on text. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. And I, I would go off on my head and, like, make something up. Maybe you don't even mean that. So my solution is that whenever I'm having a conflict, I just want to talk to you. I need you to tell me straight up what it is. Like, mm-hmm. you hate me, you don't like me, whatever. You just, you need to tell me. Otherwise, right. I don't know how to process what you're saying. You could be sending mixed signals and all that, you know? And... I was I was doing that and then later I talked to my sister about it and if you understand my sister is very emotional okay and she like really very empathetic she understands how people feel like if 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 you're crying about something she's going to cry with you like very empathetic okay. like that 
I am not like that. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was telling her, and she was like, what the heck? Like, why would you do that? Why would you, like, call her and FaceTime her? She's going to think that you're being aggressive. And, you know, like, you shouldn't do that. You should just, like, try to downplay it. And I was like, but that doesn't... To me, I was like, that's such a different way of dealing with conflict mm-hmm. than what I'm what I'm used to now, mm-hmm. you know? I just cannot imagine why a person would feel attacked when I'm trying to clear things out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I struggle with. I feel like I'm like at the center of my life and the center of this world. And the way that I do things is the right way. Mm. And so it's like, that's what I'm trying to learn that other people can deal with different like things differently than I do. And I just, I need to um, pull out that empathetic side out of me. Right. And so that's why I ask. I was like, so when you're saying Hugh wants to talk to you and like, and like make you communicate, that's like me trying to make, I guess, my friend communicate. But then do you see that as being like, oh, aggressive, just leave me alone and and, and, and I'll deal with this and, and we'll figure it out later. Um, I think that, I've been in situations before where either I'm the person that's like like you that I want to like clear the air right now or someone else comes to me with that. And I think if their intentions are clear that they don't want you to sit and feel hurt because you never meant that or, you know, they yeah. they know that like – or if I know when someone's coming to me and wants to communicate right now that like they don't want – they know I'm going to go process and they don't want me to sit with like any negativity that they may have caused. I think it's easier – um, and he was really good about that. So he'll be like, you know, I like, let's talk about this right now. Like, it doesn't have to be this big of a deal. You don't have to go back and like take all this time to process and come back. Like, I just want you to know, like, it's because I care or because of this. And then I think that makes it easier. But um, oh. but I think when some people like, they don't make their intentions clear about why they want to talk right now, it can feel like... Um, they maybe don't have not they don't have the best intentions in mind but yeah. that they like don't understand your way of communicating and then it can like oh, further you back into your shit yeah. you know what i mean cuz i when i know that i need to process something and i'm aware enough that like i don't know how i feel or i don't i can't put it into words i need the time to go process so it's like sometimes he'll say Let, let's talk about it and i'll say let's talk about it tomorrow like i just want to process how i feel yeah but if I know how I feel and he knows I know how I feel and I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it, that's something different. And if it's like, hey, Perona, like, I just don't want you to sit with something that I didn't mean. Like, let me explain. Like, I want to call you so I can explain what I really meant. Like, I don't want you to think that I was being mean or trying to hurt you. Then it's, like, easier to just, like, listen. Yeah. But if I'm like, we need to talk right now, then you might be like, whoa, 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 back in the shell, going back in my shell. Please don't call me. Blocked. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, okay. he's really good at naming his intentions, I think. So that's why it's, like, not really a problem in our relationship. Okay. But I've been in friendships where I'm actually the aggressive one, but I never named my intentions. So people were like, back off. Like, I need space. Go away. You know. So you think, like, the best way to approach that is that don't just, like, call them, but tell them, like, how you're trying to resolve the issue. Right. Kind of, like... Okay, yeah. communicate more, I guess, why you're calling and, right. and what you're trying to get out of it. Right. Instead okay. of, like, calling Instead them of... to attack them more. Oh, Because they, okay. they're going to be sensitive, so they might be like, oh, my God, she's calling me. I can't deal with this. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, like, I just want to tell you that, like, I know you have to process things, but I don't, I know, like, 
what I said may have come across the wrong way. Let me just explain, like, what I meant. Like, I never meant to hurt you. I never meant to say anything that would, like, make you feel bad. Like, I do really cherish this. I want to get to the bottom of this with you. Then it's easier for them to listen because they don't feel like you're coming in to be like, you were wrong. I'm going to yell at you on the phone. Blah. You know? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. But it's, it can, when you're the type of person that like doesn't want to communicate right away, it can be scary when people keep forcing the communication on you. Yes. Because you're like, I don't, I don't even know how I feel right now. So like, I can't, what are you going to say that's going to make me feel bad or like whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes I just to remind myself also that I I wasn't a person who used to communicate and I used to feel so like attacked when Jake would want to talk to me he'd be like yeah. no we need to sit down like figure this out I'd be like no 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not yeah I'm not talking you I'll just sit me. here yeah it's like sit here yeah <laughs> interesting okay okay back to the prison I'm gonna start talking about my second one that I have listed here when was this book written by the way do you know or when was it like published or I actually don't know. I know these are basically like his lectures. So this lecture is dated October 20th, 1935. Okay. Lectures to, was he like a professor or just like to the public? Yeah, just like to the public. Okay. Um, was a renowned uh, spiritual teacher. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay, this one's a little weird one. Um... Okay, I'll just read it out. I always tell myself that my goals aren't big enough, so I'm constantly chasing, like, one goal after the another. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered that when I was young, my brother did a handwriting analysis on me mm-hmm. and told me that um, the small T's that I do and, like, the, the, the thing. The cross? Like, the cross, yeah. The cross that I do is too low. Okay. And so that means that I am not ambitious enough. And then you always took that to heart and you lived I with it I think so, because I still remember that. Yeah. It's like such a simple thing, but I still remember it. Yeah. And I remember, um, I remember I was like, oh, like I couldn't believe that I wasn't like ambitious enough, you know? And I think my brother's tease were like way, way up there, you know? He was like, yeah, I'm super ambitious. We were like kids. I think I'm sorry, five years old or whatever. And, um, and I remember like after I heard that, I would write and I was intentionally <laughs> trying to put that cross. I like, am ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> like way up there. But then I couldn't because after a while I'd forget and it would go like back to right. the natural thing. And then from time to time, I think I remember this story. And I'm like, oh, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But then when this, I don't know, prison stuff was coming, I was like, hey, do you think, like, I don't know, baby Perona took that to heart? Her heart? And then now I just, like, that's, like, one of the reasons. I don't think that's the sole reason, but that may be, like, one of the reasons that makes me want to, like, overcompensate, you know? Like, yeah, I have to have ambitions. I have to have, like, just lofty goals to Just because my T's are small. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to make a difference. Yeah. 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 That's So do you think that this that statement from your brother is one of your prisons? I think it could be. Because sometimes I do feel like I'm, I'm, like, I'm chasing one goal after another mm-hmm. and I never, I don't take the time to like pause and like enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. Like I know we talked about it like 
when we first met, but when I'm, I was in school, it's like, oh, you have this class class, and then, oh, you want to get good grades, and then you're just like constantly working toward it. That's right. your goal, right? You want to get good grades. And then once that semester is over, you're like, oh, awesome, I got good grades, moving on to the next semester. And then overall, you're like, when college is over, I'm going to get this amazing job. And then once I get that job, I'm going to be super happy. And then I got that job and I moved to Michigan for that job. And I loved that job, but also I was just like, holy shit, like this is all there is to right. life now. Right. Like what's the next goal? Right. So, and and I don't know, maybe I, I, I think part of me being like ambitious and one goal after another comes a little bit from my, my dad who also does not know how to take a pause. Okay. So, so he, he's an, he's an eye surgeon back home and all throughout his life, he has worked every day and weekends, like no weekends off. So he would work, he was working at a hospital where he was like a salaried surgeon and um, he would drop us off at school at seven and then he would work from like seven to, how long would he work? Like maybe like two or three okay. and he would come home for like lunch for like an hour or so and and then he would head out to another hospital where he uh, he was kind of like a partner at that hospital, so mm -hmm. he would just go do like a couple of surgeries and then get paid like per surgery. And then after that, he would come back home for some tea, like drink some tea, and then he would head out to his private practice where he would work from Jeez. like 6 p.m. to like 10 or 11 p.m. And then he would come back and then like eat dinner and then go to sleep and then repeat. Do it all over again. Yes, from Monday to Friday. And then on like Saturday... Well, weekends in Bangladesh are like Friday and Saturday, but okay. you know what I mean. So on, on Saturday, he would he would a um, he would wake up and then he would go to my hometown, which was like a two hour village away from the city that we lived in. Okay. And then he would do a private practice there as well, Saturday mm -hmm. and Sunday, and then. Um, like, I think Sunday he would do it till, like, noon or whatever, and then he would eat lunch, and then he would come back to the city, and then he would repeat Monday to Friday, and then on Saturday. So weekends in my hometown wow. for his private friend and all that. And he just, he just didn't take a pause. And I don't know how, but I've never felt like he was, he was missing. Like, you think that, yeah, as a dad who's, like, working so much, I would feel like I wasn't close to my dad, or we mm. didn't get time enough together, but no. He always made time for us, and that's what like blows my mind I don't know how like right now I work like I don't know 10 hour shift at work or something and I come back and I'm like exhausted oh exhausted Ex and no <laughs> yeah so I don't know how he did that wow. but that was definitely one of his priorities I suppose that's why I never felt like my dad didn't have time for me yeah yeah and do you think would you say that in that way he's one of your role models yeah so you grew up like idolizing that yeah and and are it's also part of you, just, I'm sure, like, genetically even. Yeah. Like, out of my siblings, too, the so older brother and the younger sister, I, I'm most similar to my dad. Just, like, the way I think think and, like, mm -hmm. process life, like that, like, work, 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 and, and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like, and then also, to give you context, the culture in, like, like Desi culture, like like Bangladeshi or or Asian culture. Uh, maybe you'll see you have seen like memes and stuff where the parents are like, oh my my son or my daughter, they're gonna be an engineer or a doctor, mm -hmm. right? That right. stuff, and that's very very real. Okay. Like, and a um. And like, 
I also look Asian because I come from this like small tribe called Chakma okay. and it's like very tight-knit community but also people are extremely like nosy and and they care about what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. and it's almost like if you're not if you don't have a good job or anything like that then not just your immediate family but your relatives and all these Chakma people are going to talk about you be like oh like you see like Rosie like graduated with an engineering degree but she doesn't have a job so like she's living at home with her parents so it's like societal pressure so it's like societal pressure yeah and so I feel like part of that was also like to compensate for it because I think me I don't want my parents to feel like a uh, like I don't want them to feel ashamed of me mm-hmm so I think part of that com- part of that contributes to like me having like oh goals and I want to do this and all that. But the thing is I can't I can't put all of it. I can't put I can't say that like all of my goals and ambitions are like all these things that I grew up with mm-hmm. because I like it. I like that I'm ambitious and I'm doing things. Yeah. I actually truly enjoy it. Right. It's so who it's you not, are. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like it's not bad, but it's just interesting to see how Maybe some of these societal and like parental pressures and how I grew up, which shaped me as who I am, and mm-hmm. I view myself as someone oh who has goals and like does things and then gets stuff done. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's so twofold because it can, like you're saying, it can be so dangerous to always feel like you need to have like seventy goals and all of your time that you're not sleeping has to be structured and purposeful yeah. and and. And a lot of times that can be rewarding because you see the effects of the 10-hour shift at work that, you know, you're not getting paid anymore to skip lunch and work late or work early. Yeah. But, like, your manager's like, wow, Corona, like, you're doing so well or whatever. So you're like, okay, another 10-hour shift. This is what I got to do to get the recognition I want. Um, but at the same time, I also think that if you were right now everything you ever wanted right now, your life would be boring because it's not about the it's not about the you know being rich and or I mean I don't know what your goals are but being rich and having like this perfect life that your life is aimed at like that exploration so if you were just given everything you wanted right now I bet you in like a week you'd be like mm, nah this is actually not what I thought yeah. because you miss on like you miss out on the whole like learning process the growing mm-hmm. pains the ups and downs the figuring out like hey I actually don't want to be like chess champion of the world this <laughs> sucks I want to be like I want to like grow I don't know like wheat in my like little farm you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean so you like miss out on so much if you just have what you want so I think that like there is a healthy amount of chasing but when you're chasing too much or yeah. you're always chasing and like you're saying, you're never like sitting down like, how do I feel? What do I like? What do I not like? I'm going to turn off. I'm not going to think about chasing for a second. That's when it gets dangerous, you know? Yeah. So I, I struggle with that too because for a long time I always felt that's what relates to one of my prisons is like the chasing and always trying to be the best at everything and yeah it can be really rewarding for a couple weeks you're like wow like I'm getting so much better at this and like I look around and like I feel like in my circle like I might be the best at this thing and this feels really good and Mm. people recognize me for it yeah and then after a couple of weeks like you can't keep up with that chasing anymore yeah and then it becomes like something that you resent yes yeah and then it's like, yeah. what am I doing this for? And it's just like that loop. And I feel like I've experienced that loop so many times because yeah. I always like, 
I set a goal, I make it like my everything, I'll sacrifice everything for it, I do yeah. it, and then all of a sudden, like, it's too much, and now I hate that I did that, and yeah. then it's like, everything collapses, and then I say, okay, I don't, I'm not, like, anywhere I want to be, and so then I build new goals, and then we do the same thing, and it's just, like, this big cycle, and it, it's, like, how do you break that cycle, but also, like, isn't that what life is? Hmm. You know? Yeah. Let me think. Mm, okay. I want to ask you, though, can you give me an example of, like, I guess goals that you were chasing and then you, like, gave everything up to, like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I got to get to this goal. Yeah. And then how you felt, like, after it. Um, after you, like, reached the goal and you're, like, okay, like, now what? It's not as good as you would think. I'm sure that's what right? you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest... I always knew I was going to graduate college. Like, I always knew I was going to go to college. I was fortunate to be in a family where my parents were going to pay for college. And Mm -hmm. so, like, it was always, like, after high school, you're going to go to college. Yeah. And you're going to graduate college with a degree. Yeah. Um, Which, looking back, a lot of kids that I went to school with, college wasn't a certain in their future uh, because maybe they couldn't afford it or, like, they had other priorities that I just never had to deal with. So, yeah. but it was always the thing, Rosie, you're going to go to college once you graduate. And so I go to college, and I, in those four years, I went through so much to come out with an engineering degree. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, like, thus far, that is my biggest feat. Like, that was the hardest thing that I have done. Like, t- that is the hardest tangible thing that I have accomplished, like that oh. piece of paper. On my graduation day, I didn't really feel anything. Like, I thought I was going to be, like, emotional crying happy tears sad tears you know like grateful tears just like a whole range of emotions I thought that like it was gonna feel like when I got this piece of paper like wow I did it and then the day came and left and I was like okay and I I mean I don't even my diploma's like in a box somewhere I didn't even hang it up like it and then I realized you know especially with us not having a graduation yeah because of COVID it wasn't about graduation to me. It was about the process. Because mm. a lot of people would say, you know, oh, that's so sad you didn't have a graduation. Yeah. That's horrible. How could you not graduate? That's so stupid. Um, how, like, that they could do that. And to me, I was like, I realized it wasn't about graduation. It was about, like, the whole process and, like, looking back at, like, first day of college me versus mm-hmm. last day of college me. And, like, everything that happened, you know what I mean? But the whole time I was chasing that piece of paper. Yeah. And I sacrificed my health for it. I sacrificed my happiness for it. Like, I became depressed during school just for that piece of paper. And then, like, you look back and it's, like, not about the piece of paper. Yeah. Which is so weird. Which is why I'm, like, that is, like, chasing is life. Yeah. For ambitious people, chasing is life. You know? But... Because if you gave me that piece of paper on the first day of school, I would have been like, okay. Done. (laughs) Wait, so that, back to, because this is something that I struggle with as well. Like, I have a goal, and I'm, like, chasing it, chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. Like, that's all I can dream about, right, Right. all day. And then once I get to it, I'm like, well, like, actually, uh, okay, like, like, now what? And I feel like I can't deal with that emptiness, and then I'll just, like, fill it up with another goal. Correct, same. But... I feel like I know this this is something that I do and I and I want to be better at it. But when I'm chasing that goal, I don't 
pause to enjoy that process. Like you were saying, like you have four years of, of college and like you're working for that piece of paper. And at the end of it, you were able to be like, oh, wait, it's not actually the piece of paper, but it's actually, I get the process that you went through, like mm. everything you've learned, friendships you've made, memories you've made and everything. And that's what actually matters. Like your college experience is right. not just that piece of paper. Right. But then do you, do you, do you think that you were grateful or you appreciated that process while you were in that process? No. No. I didn't. I was honestly unhappy most of those four years. Um, and, yeah, I don't know if I would go back and change it because I think if I did more thinking, I would probably have convinced myself out of getting an engineering degree there were a couple times where i was like i can't do this i i'm done and then i you know that was like a one day thing and then i was like oh who am i kidding (laughs) hey guys back (laughs) um control system (laughs) correct (laughs) um but it's i'm i'm happy i did it now like to me all that unhappiness is totally worth it now looking back like yeah that was such a grind for four years but like I'm, I set myself up so well for the age I am in life that I, I feel like I could, if I wanted to do anything, I could now. So I'm glad that I did it. But I think if I had done more thinking during it, I would have been like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, so now another question. Then how do you know when to, when to like keep going after that goal? Yeah. And when to be like, okay, like this is just not healthy it's not making me happy. I'm just going to, like, give up, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, okay, so the the practical, logical pronoun is that, okay, well, engineering degree does set you up well for, right. like, life after college, right? It's easier for you to get a job, like, better job, better paying job, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Whereas if you have a more general degree, like, I've seen Jake struggle with it just because business administration or like an MBA it's just everyone has an MBA right like what sets you apart right. but within engineering because it's like it's it's a difficult degree to get and all that stuff and so it's just easier for you to get a job you know what I mean mm-hmm. and and that's the thing like I feel like I, I struggle with that because part of me is like oh no like you you work hard you you put everything that you can to get this engineering degree so that you're setting up your future self for like a better success like better life Mm -hmm. versus like oh do you want to be like happy and healthy right and like take care of yourself and I always struggle with that because part of me is always like no no there's no point in being like happy and healthy right now like you know just like work for your future Mm -hmm. like build that wealth or build that whatever it is Mm -hmm. like in the future in the future and so I I I don't know the answer to it right no I, I I know exactly what you mean it's I think that there's something, I'm sure you and I are both really similar in this way, where it's like, when I set my mind on something, I could sacrifice anything for it. I can um, make it the center of my universe. I can only think about that day in and day out. And that makes me like a super valuable person when I have a goal, because I can get there. Yeah. But when, yeah, when do you know that like, this isn't for you? Uh, or it's not worth it. Yeah. And I don't think that they're, like, I don't know the answer to that. And that's something I'm struggling with now because I want to, I want to be, you know, super fit and start training for, like, cool races. Yeah. And I want to still be, like, super impressive in my career and, like, mm-hmm. 
I want to like, I want all the right people to think that I'm all the right things. And then, you know, I want to still be like a really good girlfriend and I want to be able to still like travel and then also save all my money. It's just like too many goals. Yes. Yeah. And at this point, it's like if you calculate the amount of time I actually have to spend on them, there's just no way I, you can do all of it at once. So I, I actually need to like sit down and write a list of like what I want to prioritize because it's just too much. And then everything ends up suffering if, yeah. if I don't narrow down the list. But um, where was I going with that? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I had a point. <laughs> um... It was there. I don't know. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Sometimes I'm just like, I get going and then yeah. I, I lose the train of thought. But, yeah. I, I wish that I had the answer to these as well. But yeah. I want to do the same thing. I want to yeah. be like, yeah, I want to like get up and like I want to work out. And I want to like, you know, be all fit and like yeah. have abs and all that stuff. And I want to eat healthy. And I want to like spend time with Jake. And I want to spend time with all the friends that I Correct. have. And I want to make new friends. And I want to be thriving at work. And I want to be doing this like podcast. And I want to be doing this. And I want to have enough time to read and meditate and all this. Right. Like, well, like there's only one me. Right. And it's. But also, I think that's where I was going, is, like, even when I was the unhappiest or am the unhappiest in certain goals, you know, there's always growing pains. Yeah. There's, like, that adrenaline rush that I get or, like, that excitement I get that, like, this is, like, something that I am able to, like, put everything aside for and then I can, like, dig into it and I can, like, revolve my life around it. There's some sort of like reaction that I have that is like deep down happiness it's not like normal happiness of like oh I had a good day today I saw my friends and it's nice out but it's like that like rush of emotion of like this can be like the center and this is the center of everything that I'm doing and like I'm gonna get somewhere when I figure it out and there's like there's like like a adrenaline rush and like the struggle of it yeah. Or like the pain of it. I don't know if like that makes sense. Like it's your like it's your purpose, you know? Yeah. This is the you're like, this is oh, why you're here. This like, is in it. this world, yeah. And then then it, it doesn't matter that like I'm sad or that yeah. I'm unhappy or that I haven't slept in weeks because it's like this is it. Once I like once I'm an engineer, I can do any like and it's yeah. just feels like it can when it's the center of your universe and you're doing it and you like <gasps> You're like so in the zone. Yes. Yeah. It is this yeah. in the zone that it's like, oh, you know, so what if I haven't eaten a vegetable in weeks and I feel like shit because, like, this is it for me and I get, like, a rush out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what is, like, one thing that you do that, like, puts you in the zone? Like, an ex- give me an example. Um, That's a good question. So I When was the last like... time that you were in the zone, if that helps, I don't know, find an yeah. answer? Um, when... So I think when I have something, I mean, there's times like at work, right? Like if I like have a cool problem to solve and I like no one's bothering me and I can actually like sit down and like figure it out. Like I love that. Um, But that's pretty few and far between. Um, But I think like when I can do something that's mentally tough, that makes like shows me that I'm mentally tough or that, like, I need mental toughness for or, like, grit for. So, like, for example, I really like running. um, Mm -hmm. And before I had, like, all these health issues, I would not miss a day of working out at all. 
and it would always be like really intense so it would always it would never be like oh I'm gonna run like a mile it would be like I'm gonna run seven miles at this pace Mm -hmm. and all a lot of the time like I would set a goal that's like pretty much not achievable but like the the like pain of like those like maybe five or six miles of like trying to run at a pace that I'm not really in shape for yet but I'm like almost there and like I just have to like separate my mind from my body and like really like get outside of myself like that I love that um and because of like me trying to build my health again for the past maybe six months yeah I can't do that anymore because or not yet I guess because it will like make me so tired and like kind of like put me in a lot of pain so I I can't sustainably do that and still like be a good employee and still like you know like have enough energy to function as a human being yeah and I want to get back there once I can like you know like get back to health again I'm I totally plan on, I want to do, like, an Ironman. I want to do, like, all these races. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in that void of, like, not being able to access that, I'm yeah. looking for other ways I can access that that aren't, like, oh. working out, you know? Yeah. So, like, but it, it's so hard because I don't know, like, which one to make it, wh- what thing will get me there. And yeah. so I'm, tr- like, I'm sampling all these different things. Like, I want to do yoga and I'm meditating yeah. and reading and journaling, but, like, I don't have one that will really get me there. So I end up trying to do like a few minutes of each and never really getting into them. And so they never really stick. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I never get in the zone with those things. So I guess I'm like trying to find a a temporary zone, a temporary like fix. Yeah. To like get me in the zone until I can get back to that like physical, mental thing that like running or biking or whatever gives me. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But it makes okay. it hard because yeah. that that would be easy. It would be like, it, w- it would make it easy to prioritize when I could do all that. So like yeah. when I, in, during college I trained for a half marathon and that was like the first time I realized that I, long distance exercise kind of has that effect on me mm-hmm. and I really fell in love with it. This was sophomore year. So I would, st- it would make it easy to structure my day. I had school was my number one priority yeah then I had running and then I had like my friends and so it was easy because I would do you know my main goal main reason of being in college would be to you know get that degree so all my classes and things and like studying and then I would always make sure that I worked out and that was so that I could you know do the race and finish the 13 mile race yeah and then any other leftover time I would spend with my friends or we would go out or whatever and that would be the three and it was easy it was just three things that's all yeah um, and then that's how I would live my life. But now, now I don't know what, what's outside of work. No. So I have work and then what else? And I, I'm trying to experiment with so many different things yeah. that I end up having like 17 priorities. Yeah. But like at that point, there's no priorities because there's too many too things. Many, yeah. And so now that's like where I'm at, where I'm like, what like three things am I going to pick? Or what five things am I going to pick? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that actually, I've been wanting to ask you this for a while. How do you structure your day around priorities? Because I know you like meditate and you journal and I know you work out and you still work. And then you have Jake, of course. So it's like, how do you structure your day to fit in your priorities? Okay. First of all, I I don't work out. Like I I will get into these bouts of things where I do. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be working out every day and I'll do that for like an entire week. I'll like go out on runs and like go lift and everything and I'll have that motivation yeah and after a while it'll die down yeah 
for a while. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I think, I think I, and Jake always tells me, he's like, I don't understand like why you don't work out. And, um, and I always tell him that I think in my life, that would be if I'm able to get to a point where I do work out like daily and like consistently, mm-hmm. that'll be like the biggest feat that I've achieved in my life. Because okay. I just, I don't, for the longest time, I would ask myself myself that question, like, why don't I work out? It's just, it's not a priority for me. Do you not enjoy it? I mean, it's fine I if think you don't. So. I feel like a lot of yeah. people don't. I think, I think sometimes I, I do. Like, sometimes I'll just be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just, I feel very, uh, like, a, there's a lot of energy. And I'm like, I just need to go out for a run and just, like, get it out. Get it out. Yeah, exactly. And I'll just put on my shoes and I'll just like go and do a loop or whatever and I'll come back like okay I did that but for me to get to that consistent point I just don't know I just I don't know why I don't do it Mm -hmm. that's me with meditating and journaling and things like that like I'll do it for a week or sometimes I'm getting better at at reading daily but like that's me I feel like we're kind of opposites in that way like I would give anything to just like at five o'clock go work out and sometimes I can't because I don't feel well enough yeah but like with meditating like every day for a week I'll I'll set aside my 20 minutes and I'll do it and I yeah. feel great and I loved it and I'm happy I did it and I, I can see it makes me feel better yeah. and then it just fades away fades and away. for yeah. months and then I'm like oh yeah yeah that thing and then I start it again yeah this time it's gonna stick it's gonna stick and how many times we've we been through that yeah yeah exactly like, that's what I am 10 like, plus yeah. and I still think about it and I'm like it's just not I don't, why doesn't it stick? I know it makes me feel better. It only takes 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah. But here we are. I yeah. still don't do it. Me, yeah, me neither. I know, like, after I work out, I'm like, oh, like, I achieved something in the day. You know, I got something yeah. done. I'm taking care of my body. But then I just don't do it. Right. And then it falls short. And I'll come back up. I'll get into another time when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do it. This is going to stick. And then again, it's just like a like a cyclical loop. That reminds me a... Um, this was something that Jake was telling me about. I forgot like where he read it, but he was saying basically how when you were young and stuff, you you involve yourself in like activities, right? Yeah. And then when you're older, it's easier f- if you build up the practice of that activity over your childhood and stuff. It's easier for you to go back to them when you're an adult, mm-hmm. right? And then so he was telling me how he tries to get into journaling and and stuff like that, but he just can't because he's never done that. When he was young, he would never do it. But then it's easy for me to go back to because I actually used to journal from like a very young age. So it's in you. It's ingrained in you. I Yeah. I mean, I, I think I have practice with it. Right. I don't know why it started, but I just remember that a, there used to be these diaries with like keys in them, like secret diaries. Yes, I had one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't use it, but I had it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that mine had like a photo of a Barbie in the middle or something. I loved it. It was like my birthday gift. And I started, I used to journal. I don't know why. I, w- I know I, I still have them. My mom actually still have them. I think at some point I'm going to get them from like Bangladesh and just have them with me. That's and just so like cool. go through them and see like what I used to talk about. But I know I used to write about boys. I know mm-hmm. I used to write about like my friends and like what a great day I had and like aspirations that I had Mm -hmm. and I remember when I was like there's this there's one point when I had a realization that everything that I would write about in my diary were coming true in like life Mm. and I was young and I didn't understand I was like wait and I remember like writing I was like wait I feel like everything that I write about like comes true in life like what is that and I think I called it magic or something yes and now and I'm just like, oh, wait, I think that was actually, yeah, manifest. I would write about it and I would, like, 
project it out in the world or whatever, mm. and then what happened, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like it happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. But that's my point. Like I had practice over the years. So right now it's, it's, there, there were years when I didn't write, I think like five or six years between college and like between me moving out of Bangladesh and like college and stuff, there were a lot, there was a long time where I didn't write, didn't journal or any, any of that. Yeah. But once I wanted my, wanted to find my way back into it, I just, I could, it wasn't that hard for me, you know? Yeah. 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 But with athletics though, I was never involved in like mm. athletics when I was young. It's just, you just, you don't do it. Especially, especially if you're a girl back home, you just don't, they okay. don't have sports for you. It's just, no, you just don't do it. My parents never worked out. So I don't see, I never saw people around me working out. It was just, it's it's not, a, it's still not a thing. No one works out back home. Yeah. Yeah. You're like the odd one out if you are if working you out. It. Yeah. Interesting. And so it's interesting to be like in this country and be like, oh, wait, like Jake works out and everyone and his, parent work, his parents work out. I'm like, hmm. But for me, it's like, no, no, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I feel like I'm not used to working out and like that. And yeah. 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 I thought that was interesting. That is really interesting. And sometimes I tell myself too, I'm like, why fight it? Like, if I don't want to meditate, then don't meditate. Don't. Don't, then don't yeah. do it. But don't stress yourself out about not doing it. Yes. Just decide not to do it and be done with it. Yeah. But then I think too, it's like, I do get benefits. I love the benefits that I get out of meditating. Yeah. I, I rarely feel that peaceful if I ever, whenever I do like get into like my little cycles. Yeah. And let's say I meditated for like seven to 10 days straight. Yeah. I like feel, I already noticed the effects that it has on my yeah. daily life. So I'm like, no, like I do like this, but then I don't, again, like I don't make it a priority yeah. and then it doesn't happen, but then I don't want to give it up. So it's like this weird place where it's like pick one, either do it all the time or never do it, but like stop thinking about it. Stop wasting the energy Stop, yeah. And like stop like getting mad at yourself for giving it up every time right. because that's just stressful. Right. And I just thought of it, but like, when you were saying like you're running and then you can separate like your mind and your body, yeah. right? For that five miles that you're you're doing. Yeah. But that's meditative because you're separating yourself from yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a balance that everyone can find, whereas you can find exercising, like what you can genuinely do and it's a priority for you, you can still find that meditative, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's been a struggle for me lately because I can't go do it how I want to. And so, and I will, I know, like, I'm, I know things are getting better. And so, like, I will be able to get back to that. Yeah. But I need to find another coping mechanism. And it's the same thing with my dad. He is, he is 55, 55. He will be 55 this year. And he still works out one to two times a day. Like, the most in shape man I know. <laughs> like, literally more in shape than Hugh. But, like, 35 <laughs> years older. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I tell him, I'm like, Dad, like, you have to start to find ways that you need to, like, that you can decompress and you can, like, process your emotions and meditate that's not, like, going and lifting heavy weights and, like, going yeah. on, like, 10-mile runs because, like, you're always going to have your mind, but you're not always going to have your physical health, whether it's because you get sick for two weeks or because, like, you're getting older or you got injured. Like, he, he got injured uh, a few months ago, and so he can't, like – do everything he wants to do physically because he's waiting for his calf to heal and so like I can see it come out where like he needs the therapy of the exercise yeah more than he needs like the physical effects of the exercise but like he never oh. established another coping mechanism yeah. beside exercising yeah and so now it's like if you can't exercise but you need a coping mechanism what is what it is it yeah 
And I think learning a new coping mechanism at age 55 is hard because you've already ingrained 55 years of every single day beating yourself up in the gym and then coming out feeling like a zen god. (laughs) How do you get to that once you, like, don't have that? So I think that's an important lesson that I always remind myself when I get down about it, that I'm learning in that I have to, like, find other ways to cope besides just, like, going and beating myself up with my earbuds in and, like, forgetting the world for a little bit on the treadmill or whatever it is. But it's hard because, like, as you said, it's not ingrained. Yeah. So, yeah. That's something. I feel like, so I meditate journal and all that stuff, right? And, but I feel like, and I, and I love doing that, but I, I need another type of hobby mm. to release. Because when I'm, I feel like when I'm meditating and journaling everything, that's also still like thinking about life and, and processing these things. And I feel like I use my mind too much. And I just need a hobby where uh, I'm not, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. Because most of my meditation is like me trying to think back, okay, what happened here? Like, why did that happen? And trying to understand it. You uh-huh, know what I mean? Uh-huh. Just like if thoughts are coming, okay, wait, that's weird. Why did that thought come here? And then like, okay, like maybe this is why it's still stuck with me and everything. And even journaling is the same thing. I'm just, like, throwing out my thoughts out there. It's, like, I feel like it uses the mind a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think I, I've been realizing that I need a hobby to just get me out of my own mind. Yeah. Where it's an, I don't know, some type of activity, drawing, painting, where I'm just, like, so focused on that activity, yep. I don't have the time yeah. to think. Yeah. 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 Those are, in it, but it's hard to prioritize that because you're not, gonna, from what I know about you, or at least, from what I would do, like, let's say painting got you out of that, Yeah. Right? Are you going to set aside, like, an hour at the end of the day to be like, oh, painting time? You know, it's going to be so hard to, like, prioritize that as, like, one of your top whatever four because it's going to be like, I have to go to sleep. I have to work tomorrow at 6 a.m., so I got to get up at 4 so I can meditate. So, and it just, like, flies out the window. So it's, like, yeah. it's hard to, like, make that your, like, new tack it on the list or like what what is gonna go so that you can fit that in yeah you know yeah and yeah and I feel like it's it's hard that would definitely be very difficult to like put in a new activity and put that as a priority but I know I waste so much time like Mm -hmm. during the day Mm -hmm. where it would be so much helpful if I did carve out that time like paint or whatever right because I know we were talking about this like before we started the podcast, but um, how I've been pushing back like my one-on-one with mentors at work because mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I just have to like get this work done. Like I right. need to get this done I, and I don't have time to do one-on-ones with my mentors. Whereas the f- at the very first place, I have one-on-one with my mentors is so they can help me with my career and like to add a different dimish- dimension to my work rather than just working, mm-hmm. right? And it's like... And so it's like, what is it called? Oh my gosh. Um, The value that prioritizing that activity would add to my life is like greater than me just complaining that, oh, I don't have time. Yeah. 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 It's like, I know it would be helpful. Like I would be so much more relaxed or happy or whatever Mm -hmm. if I did prioritize that than just complain about how how I don't have enough time. Yeah. But I know that I complain that, oh, I, I just don't have, I have too much on my plate and I'm yeah. not going to add it. Yeah. You know? Because it's yeah. easier to say, like, yeah, like the work example. Is it just easier for me to say, oh, I just have too much to do, so I'm going to push everything else back. Right. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Whereas once I did the one-on-ones, like last Friday, I was like, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to push them back. I'm just going to have a conversation with my mentors. I felt so much relaxed. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. they've gone through the same thing. And like, it's just like a, I feel like you get a different way of looking at things. Right. And at least I did. I was like, oh, wait, they've gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or we can talk about something else other than just like work that I've been focusing on. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I thought it made me happier. And I was like, oh, like, why don't I, why did I keep pushing it off? Right. Like, it just, it's almost like it gave me like a fresh breath of air, like a right. different, different dimension. And yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of value in something. So I, um, I, I, I told you this before. I need to, like, make a change this week yeah. in something. And I think that there's a lot of value. And maybe you've already put this into words for yourself, but I think if you haven't, this could be why you feel like you have to do, like, your kind of introverting in the morning before work. It has a different effect than if you did it after work. I think there's, like, a, a lot of value in recognizing that your work is in your life. And, like, it's easy to say that. Like, yes, yeah. I am more than an engineer. Yeah. I have a lot of other things going for me. If I couldn't be an engineer anymore, I would find a way to live. Like, all would be well. Yeah. Whatever. But um, you get so, like, in the zone of, like, like this week, oh, my God, the contact blade is too thick or something. What does that even mean? <laughs> but, like, I, I'm, like, thinking about it. And I'm, like, okay, everything I have to do. And, like, you, I push all my, you know, extra things yep. to the side or I don't prepare for them just for this one issue and then you know that's all I think about when I go home I go in early for it and then it's like all of a sudden that issue becomes like who you are in those days and if I I think one of the things I want to do this week is like make time for myself in the morning so that when I go to work I've already practiced that I am more than my shift at work like if I wake up and oh, I read yeah. or do yoga, I'm already more than than that shift at work. But if I wake up at the last second to get ready for work, to rush to work, go to work and then like come home, yes. and then I'm too dead to do anything, and then I go to like prepare for work and then I go to sleep, it's like yeah. you're always just your shift. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not like the person who like enjoys to be like with themselves in the morning. And I go to work because I like it, but and it also provides me with money so I can live. Yeah. And then, you know, like I come home and I do something else. All of yeah. a sudden it's like you're just your shift is your life. Yeah. I think yeah, I think you I, I really like the point you made. I that's why my priority is me. Right. I know that's why the very first thing in the morning, the time that I have, that's very sacred to me because it's it's me. I need to take care of myself before I can go out in the world. Right. And like do work and and all the other stuff. I think for the longest time, I thought school was my identity. Mm, me too. Obviously, and then and then work was my identity. Mm-hmm. Like, I so after my junior year, I took a whole year off to do like internships and stuff. And I was just that was my identity. I am like a college student right. who's a co-op at these right. like hi-fi like medical device companies. Right. Like ugh, that's me. Like that was my identity. And so whenever something was going off, going wrong at like work. It was going wrong, like in my life, because work was my identity. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so it's just like so much pressure that you put in, and and I always wanted to do a great job at these internships because I was like, oh, they're gonna give me a job afterwards, right. and like if they give me a job, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm valid. Yeah. yeah. Like wow. they think I'm an engineer. That's yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then now, I don't know. Now I'm like, so okay. Kim 
to work and, I, and I've been working for more than six months or whatever. And I think in my head previously, I always thought that, oh, once I start working, I'm gonna get all these promotions and I'm gonna like go up the ladder mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm gonna be this like hi-fi engineer or manager and all these things. Like, what's the next thing? That was my mm-hmm. always like my goal. Like, what's right. the next thing? What's the next thing? Right. And like at the company, they'd say, oh, you just, you get tapped on the shoulder. You Ugh. don't ask for promotions yeah. and all these stuff. You just get tapped Which on the shoulder. Which is like horrible to our ears because we're like, how do I how get do a tap? Do I like make my shoulders bigger? Yeah. Do I wear a tank top? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I just couldn't understand. What do you mean? And they would say, oh, just, you just do your job you know, and then someone will just come and tap on your shoulder. And that was the hardest thing for me to accept. But I, but I think I, I kind of understand it. And even if I don't understand it, like, it's fine. I think I'm, I'm happier with the explanation that I have for myself right now. Okay. So what I'm trying to do right now is I don't try to focus on the rewards out of my, out of, out of work. Okay. Like, I, n- I don't want to be working just because I know that, oh, like, I'm going to get a promotion. This is going to look good. My manager's going to like me, and then I'm going to get promoted. And, like, this and this and this, right? And right now, I, I generally, I'm not, I don't want the rewards. Like, whatever. Um, we had the review, like, earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. And, like, got a raise. But then once I got the raise, I was like, oh, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, thanks. Yeah. And that's it, you know? Yeah, right. It was like, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I feel zen on the so internet. I'm well. so happy I'm doing this. Exactly. Yeah. I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, Thank right, you. Right. And, and I just, I feel like if I put the pressure on myself of like, I'm doing work for a reward just so that people will see how hard I'm working and this and this and this, then I feel like I'm not enjoying work. I'm just doing it for a reward. And so I'm not doing it genuinely, mm, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, and I and I love work right now and I just I want to keep that almost like sacred where I'm not polluting it with like thoughts of rewards that right. oh I'm just doing this so that other directors and stuff will see me. Right. But I'm just doing it because I truly enjoy it. And one of the other ways practical ways that I think I'm taking pressure off is that I focus on other interests outside of work like this podcast or I'm doing like I'm trying to do like e-commerce business and in my head I'm like oh my gosh my e-commerce business is gonna take off and I'm gonna be rich and then I don't need like rewards from work anymore you know I'm just this is gonna be this is gonna be it this is gonna give me like my financial freedom and who the I don't know I don't know if that's gonna happen maybe probably not I don't know right but at least it helps me take pressure off of work because I feel like if you're at work and you're like only working for those rewards Mm -hmm. People can tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that energy, like, seeps out. And your manager and everyone, they can tell that, oh, you're just doing it for, like, rewards and you're not genuinely, like, involved at work or you're not doing it because you enjoy it. You know what I mean? Right, And I just, I don't, I don't want that stress. That's not fulfilling. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, I I think uh, one of the cool things about moving here for this job and also being completely self-sufficient and not independent on anybody anymore, you know, whether that be financially or whatever, is that, and I wonder if you went through the same thing, I feel like I get to actually explore who I am Um, because, like you were saying, like, before this, I, my identity was what I accomplished and, like, what I did. So growing up, it was I was a soccer player a piano player, and then, you know, like, I went, I was a good student. And so it was always, like, those are my things, and that's who Rosie is. 
yeah. and that's who I would like live my life by and then I go to college and it's like yeah you want the piece of paper and oh I'm also like I'm, I work in a lab and I am gonna be an engineer and you know I like to run whatever okay yeah. fine but now it's like you have the job that all those years were for yeah so like you're allowed to just enjoy it now yeah so I don't want to be known as like oh I'm an engineer hi nice to meet you I'm an engineer because I don't want to like, I don't want that to be, like, what fulfills me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to be someone who on so, the outside is, like, I, I really like to, you know, make my own bread and, like, yeah. you know, read and do yoga and, and like, and run and swim. Like, I, I, those, I want to be able to identify myself as those things and not, like, oh, hi, I'm an engineer and, like, that's how I live my life by. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you want to keep, like, work fun. Yeah. Like, I enjoy this because I like challenges, and I yeah. like math, and I like making, you know, devices that, like, will help people. Yep. And, yeah, it's so hard to, like, remember all that side stuff when you're in the moment, like you said, and, like, pull yourself out and be like, maybe you'll never be more than an engineer at work. Maybe yeah. you'll never get promoted. Maybe you'll never get the tap on the shoulder. But that's okay because on the outside, I also do all these things, and those yes. fulfill me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Because I feel like for the longest time, I always associated people with their, like, occupation. Yeah. And so if they were in, like, fancy job stuff, I'd be like, whatever. Like, they just don't know what they're missing out on. Like, oh, like, there's so much to, I don't know, getting high titles and good salaries and all that stuff. And, yeah. And so whenever someone didn't have that high salary and stuff, I'd be like... You'd be like, how are you... It's like, how are you fulfilled? How are you fulfilled? Yeah, are you challenging yourself? That's yeah. what I would think. Right. But maybe they're, like, just happy. I don't know. Right. They just had a they had a farm or like they were growing wheat like you were saying maybe they're just happy doing that yeah and work isn't their identity like i thought that it would be mine right and yeah yeah but it's so interesting it is to like examine that yeah and like just having this conversation with you like i'm excited to like write down like what in this even these next two weeks for example like the rest of march like what do i want who am i going to be for the next two weeks and so what are my priorities going to be outside of work you know what i mean yeah uh because like you said like you just get so like ingrained in it that it's like i have to figure this out i have to like no one's telling you you have to yeah like you only are contractually obligated to work 40 hours a week but somehow like you've probably worked more than that for the past four yeah and like that's because you feel like you have to but like who said that who told you that you had to do that you know myself right (laughs) right and so yeah it's just like realizing that you put the, that's a prison you live in yeah you have to do it no one said that yeah and like i'm sure if you were like hey guys it's 501 i'm not supposed I'm to be not- anymore that wouldn't go over well but like there's ways that you can like kind of do that without like saying like i'm only contractually obligated to be here till 5 p.m 501 bye see you tomorrow <laughs> yeah and the thing is work goes on like even if you're oh, not yeah. there like yeah yeah Something, somehow, some people will figure it out. Like, you're not the only one there. But it's so hard to recognize that when you're so involved. Oh, my God, That's all you see. Right, right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Um, Oh, I feel like we actually talked about that, so never mind. It was my third prison that I was going to talk about, but it's the... When I am in a confrontation, I have an inability to see things from the other person's view. Yeah, same. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. I think everyone has that with everything. Really? Like, you always think you're right. 
Like, if you thought you were wrong, you wouldn't do it. Like, if you're like, Perona, this is stupid. I'm wrong here. Whoever it is that you're arguing with is right. And I'm sure you wouldn't call them because you'd be like, I'm wrong. But you think you're right in the moment, so you do it because you think it's the right thing to do. You're like an, a moral, you're a moral person. Like, I wouldn't expect, if you knew that it was wrong to, like, call someone because they were crying, I don't think you would be like, sorry, bitch, back again. <laughs> you know, like, it's just that everyone, everyone thinks they're right. Everyone thinks that they're doing the right thing. As long as you're, like, a moral person. Hmm. And you're not, not you, but, like, a lot of times you're probably not right. And you don't yeah. think about the other person's side. But, like, it's just because we all, like, live in our own body, in our own brain. Yeah. So then that makes me question. So is there, like, no right way to do things then? Oh, you know? I've been there before. I don't think that's the case either, though. Because then, like, think about all the bad things that have happened. Like... Obviously, they were wrong. Okay. I think that's the thing that I I, I, I struggle with. I, like, read this philosophy books because I think I want to find, like, the real, real, like, truth and the real way to live or whatever, like, right. like reality. But I, I, I don't know if there is, like, a real way. Right. Right? Because right. in your confrontation, like if you and I were fighting, yeah. you have a way of looking things. I have a way of looking things. I think I am right. Yeah. You think you're right. right. So is there like a right way to deal with the confrontation or? Well, I think it's just, just keeping in mind that that you're not, what's right for you isn't right for everybody. Okay. And that is, in itself That's... is a challenge because it's like, how do you like always know how you feel and what you think is right, but then also be like, oh yeah, you're right too, and you think you're right, and so like really, I shouldn't hate you for that because you think that's the right thing to do. It's so hard to keep that in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like so hard to to like live by that. Yeah. Because then, yeah, because then if you think, if, if everyone's right and you're always, if everyone's right in their mind and you always are aware that everyone thinks they're right, then, like, where, yeah, where do you, how do you find a middle ground, right? Because it's like, yeah. well, you feel like that, and I feel like this. So it's, like, always compromising, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, because, like, I feel like it's, I feel like in order to deal with that confrontation properly, you could be, like, the strategic person who can really look at how the other person's feeling, and so I I change my response so that, you can, I guess, say, you can open up. For example, if I'm, okay, if we're having a fight and then I'm the one who wants to talk it out, like, yeah. openly, right? And if I come at you, which is what I do right now, I'm just like, hey, Rosie, we really need to talk this out. You might take that as being aggressive. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think being strategic would be me like, okay, I want to have a conversation with Rosie and figure this out. Mm -hmm. But I think Rosie is a type of person who actually like wants to stay in her shell, right? Yeah. So how can I approach the situation so that Rosie accepts like the conversation better, right? right? And so instead of me just directly saying hey or directly calling Rosie, like I need to talk to you or yeah. like you need to talk to me, yeah. I'd be like, hey Rosie, like just want to make sure like you're doing okay or like whenever you have a time, just like give yep. me a call. Yeah. So like maybe a middle ground with that would be like, hey, I know you need to process when do you think we can talk? Like, is there a time we can hammer down? Oh, like, 6 o'clock tomorrow, whatever. Yeah. So that I am, like, you know that I have to come with a conversation. We're yeah. going to communicate. And you know that we're going to communicate. And 
you're forcing me not to just, like, leave it and, like, deal with it months later when I, you know. But at the same time, like, you give me my space to think and process before 6 p.m. tomorrow. But then it's just, like, again, like, the space between, like, feeling and reacting. Because, like, when you say it like that, it's like, okay, tomorrow at 6 p.m. we'll talk and it'll probably be good for me to think more about how I feel and, like, it'll let you think and then you know we're going to communicate and... But when you're angry, you don't want to be like, tomorrow at 6 p.m., you want to be like, no, we're figuring this out right, right now. now. Yeah. Mm, okay. I think I, okay, I definitely need to work on that. I mean, I think everyone does. Except to this guy. <laughs> yeah, he got He's it like, off. okay. He's like, whatever you can do yeah. it, it's okay with me. I'm fulfilled. <laughs> it's because you're not attached to your ego. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, I'm going to pause this for a little bit. I have to pee. Oh, I do too. Good. <laughs> Okay, let me pause it. And we are back. That's a good lunch. Hey. Um, okay, before I think I, w- I move on to the very last topic that I want to talk to you about, I want to ask if you had any other prisons that you want to share. Um, I was thinking about this when you sent this to me. I've, it's kind of been on my mind. I relate to you in the prison that you think like kind of developed from your parents in your childhood I think everyone has one of those um so I I definitely share like I'm I'm the same with you in that like I have definitely prisons from like my home life and like my parents um but one prison I think that I live in that is beneficial until it's not is um that more is more more is better I feel like I'm always trying to maximize everything to be more efficient so I can do more in a day, so I can be better, so I can spend more time. And, like, I think there's a lot of value, especially after knowing you, a lot of value in, like, sometimes in less is more. Yeah. Like, maybe working a a shorter day will allow me to recover so that tomorrow I can work an eight-hour day but do exactly what I would have done in a different 12-hour day had I not taken the time. Yes. Or, like, it will allow me to think about what my next strategic steps in life are, what I want or who I am. Yep. Instead of just going, 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 and then waking up one day and being like, I worked 7 million hours this year, but what did it do for me? Yeah. Nothing. So some, so I think that's, like, one of the ones I'm currently struggling with. Because yeah. I was telling you I'm, like, trying to slow down and, like, meditate, journal, read. So, yeah, I just think that's a prison I live in. Yeah. Yeah, I think if, if like, a year ago, like, like I said to myself, oh, a year from now, you're actually going to want to slow down, and you're actually going to, like, want to, like, not go, 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 go all the time anymore, I'd be like, yeah. no. Liar. Like, that's, like, uh, that pronoun's going to be weak and all this stuff, like, la, 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 no, that's never going to be me, because yeah. I'm always going to be on the go, I'm always going to be going after goals, like, one, all that, and if I'm not going after goals, that means that I've become, like, this lazy piece of shit, mm-hmm. that, like, oh, like, doesn't know the purpose of our life anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, so that's, like, that used to be so foreign for me, but... But I realized that the way that I was living, I think it's just not sustainable. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. There's times for that, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Times to grind, but then also times to be, like, more strategic. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because I feel like I used to have, like, mental breakdowns in school. Oh, like every week. Every, I'd have once, like, a huge one every semester. I'd just be crying. I, like, couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. What is going on? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Same. And 
it's just not it's just not not healthy i wasn't happy so like what was the point right yeah 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 okay so the last topic that we're gonna move on to is i know we're talking about it at lunch as well but um for those of you guys who don't know rosie (laughs) (laughs) she is like she has this superpower where she can make people feel incredibly comfortable like she can just like get you to to talk and i for the very first time i i I noticed it the very first day that we actually met, we got brunch together. So Rosie, um, Jake and I got brunch together. It was the first time that I was meeting Rosie. And after like brunch had happened, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I feel like I talked a lot. Like she knows a lot about me, but I was like, I don't think I know as much about her. I remember feeling that. I just remembered by the way. Really? That's yeah, so I just, I didn't remember it at lunch, but I just remember, I was like, oh, like, I feel kind of like raw because she just got so much out of me. And I was like, how did she do that? And then and the second time that I really, really noticed that she can make people feel comfortable is there was this Halloween party at one of our friend's place. And then um, there was like a like a bunch of people over and they were like my our, our common friend's boyfriend's friends and like their significant others and everyone. And it was the first time that Rosie and I were meeting all of them and... Rosie was just it, it you couldn't tell that she's meeting them for the first time because she's just like chatting it up with everyone just like getting them to talk about themselves and she's like asking great questions she's just like making them feel so comfortable and I was there like at a corner I was like um <laughs> like just like watching Rosie I was like how is she doing that like does she know them and um yeah, and I just, like, see her interact with people at, at work. There's another one of our coworkers, Alyssa. And I know that she's so much more comfortable with Rosie than she's with me. And I can I can see that as well, like, in our, I guess, really? triangle. True, yeah. I thought it was opposite. Wait, what? No. Okay. But I feel like she just, like, opens up to you more. I feel like everyone that I see, they just, like, open up to you because you can just make them feel uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, but comfortable. And that's something that I wish that I could be. I wish I could, like, make people feel comfortable, but I feel like I just make people feel tense. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to ask you, like, how you do that and, like, what advice you have for other people like myself to learn how to do that. Wow, I wish I, like, thought about it more before speaking, so I hope I can, like, say it um, well put, I guess. But I think it first comes from a genuine interest. Like, I... I feel like my horizons have always been so, like, me-focused that when I can hear about, like, random other things that people do, like, to me, it's genuinely interesting because I'm, like, I didn't even know, like, half the time that those things existed or people did that or, like, whatever. So there is definitely an interest in just, like, understanding people and getting to know them and, like, getting to know what drives them and what they do, like, I think is, like, really cool. Um, But I think what I've learned is that people... Everyone likes to be comfortable. Yeah. And they... And everyone likes to talk about themselves. Me included. Like, I could go on (laughs) for days about myself. So it's like, if you tap into people and, like, um, allow them to talk about themselves, they become comfortable. Because, like, everyone's an expert in talking about themselves because you live in your body every single day. So it's like... It's easy, it's secondhand, they don't have to think, they don't have to, like, it just kind of, like, comes and it flows. Yeah. So asking people about themselves. But then, once you find out, like, oh, Perona, you have two kids, and your kids are doing Zoom school right now. Okay, so next time I see you, hey, like, how was your weekend? Oh, good, whatever. 
um, you know, how are your kids? Everyone loves to talk about their kids because people's kids are like their pride and joy of their life. Yeah. So like that's another good one. How are your kids? People will go on at length about their kids um, or just like things that are important to them. So like if when we're talking, I know that you really like to read. Hey, Prona, did you read anything cool this weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did because like that's what gets you going. So you want to talk about it and you want to share it. That's literally a conversation we've had. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, definitely just like picking things that make people comfortable and allowing them to talk about them. But also like to get there, you have to ask questions, but then structuring your questions so that they're not yes, no, because if someone says yes or no, it stops the conversation. Yeah. But also not too open-ended. Like if I was like, hey, Brona, what drives you and gets you out of bed in the morning? Like, you might actually like answering that question. <laughs> but most people are going to be like, ah, uh, scary. I don't know. I don't I'm just here for the paycheck. So, like, not asking questions that are, like, take too much thought. Because the whole point is to get, like, the conversation to flow. Mm. Especially at first. You just want to make them comfortable having conversation with you. Okay. And then, I guess, as the relationship progresses, then you can be like, oh, yeah. Like, why did you end up going into that? Was that something with your family? And, like, people will start to open up more. But it's definitely about, like, especially at first driving conversation this makes me sound so schemey and i no! don't mean it like that um and then okay yeah so then you find out what makes people what people like to talk about which makes them comfortable around you and then the other thing is that if you want to continue to like build that relationship but let, let's say like like with you now like when i first got to know you i used those skills because like you know, we were meeting for the first time. Yeah. I was afraid it was going to be awkward because we didn't yeah. really know each other. So, okay. But now, like, I don't, I'm not afraid to, like, bring up certain things around you yeah. or, like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, like, constantly, like, what is going to make Perona talk back because, like, we're friends now. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you want to continue to build a relationship with someone, say, at work because, like, you think you're going to need them later on or because, like, you, like, yeah, you think you're going to need, you're going to need their help or something, um, People feel really good when they help other people. Like, you would think it's the opposite. Like, you would think that, like, I would feel better when you help me. But actually, I feel better when I help you. It makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. yeah. So, not shying away from, like, favors like that. So, like, hey, can I, like, it can be something really simple. Like, um, hey, do you mind, like, looking over this thing for me? And, like, you actually need their help. But, but by them helping you, it actually makes your connection stronger because like they feel good giving you that help and now they associate that with you obviously there's a a line like you can't ask them to do everything for you yeah yeah, yeah, but like allowing like favors like that to happen like hey like do you need my help and then like hey can you help me with this so now we're like exchanging like good feelings back and forth oh okay okay, and like i help you you help me kind of a thing and then like that will progress the relationship and then also just like checking in like hey how are your kids oh hey how are your chickens like hey like what'd you do this weekend yeah just gets people to like people want to be understood and recognized and they like to talk about themselves so if you like can access all that in a conversation and in like a relationship it just like builds the relationship so much more but I like and when I say it out loud it sounds really schemey because like I never really like understood that I had this skill until you brought it up recently 
but these are all things I know that I do, but I never meant to do them because like I was like, well, Prona, I'm going to need you to do something for me in the future. So I'm going to like set you up. Like I never think of it like that. It's just like, I'm genuinely interested in what drives people and like what makes people tick and like what, who people are beside like what I experience them as. Yeah. So like, like I work with this one guy at work and he always helps me. Yeah. And, like, I see he works really hard, but I know that there's more to him than that job. Yeah. And, like, I just out of total interest, I'm, like, I wonder, like, what he does on the side. Like, does he have a family? Uh, like, it's just me generally being, like, interested in, like, who he is as a person. Yeah. So I think just because, like, I'm interested in in other people, but that, like, that helps because, like, I'm being genuine. Like, I'm not just being, like, I need you to promote me in three years' time, so I'm gonna, today I'm gonna ask sure. you. Yeah. So mm. I think, like, the the... Gen- the genuineness yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's a word of yeah. of what i do like helps too because it's like i i genuinely want to know how your weekend was like i genuinely want to know that you went camping mm. so it's not like me just like setting you up to use you as a pawn so if you like ask someone like how was their weekend and then mm-hmm. they say like oh you know not much and then like what do you do like how do you how do you how do you get them? How do you find out what they like to talk about? Yeah, so, okay, there's definitely some people that I have come across, especially at work, that you just can't crack them. They don't want to talk about themselves. They're too awkward. They're Maybe they're socially awkward, and they just don't like to have conversation. And so yeah. you can't get those people. We both know people like that. You just can't get them to talk, and, like, they're just always going to be socially awkward, and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. But if people aren't, like, really giving you anything at the beginning um, – like, if I was like, hey, Brona, how, how are you? How was your weekend? You're like, oh, I didn't do much. And then you could be like, um, do you watch any, like, I don't know, like, depends on the weekend. And it depends on the person. But, like, let's say if the Super Bowl was just on, you'd be like, oh, did you watch the Super Bowl? Or, like, oh, like, you're getting ready for Ma- March Madness, like, the sports thing. If it's, like, a guy, you can probably, okay. I hate them saying that, but you can probably bet that they, like, know. Yeah. Or, like, um, did you do anything fun? If you ask people that, they're not going to say no, probably. Can, can you imagine was you doing anything fun? You were like, no. Like, it would just be so awkward. So, like, they would probably be like, yeah, well, I've, uh... And then you can, like, go off of that. Huh, okay. I feel like I've had people say, like, oh, no, it was just, like, I was at home. And I was like, and then I don't know what else to do. Like, <laughs> and then you're like, it's like okay, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like, bye. bye. I have something to do, bye. Yeah. <laughs> or you could be like, if, if I said, no, I didn't do anything about it, you'd be like, yeah, I know what you mean. I had one of those weekends, too. Oh, and like, relate. Okay. Relate, yeah. I had one of those weekends, too. And they're like, yeah. If And then if they're like, yeah, you know, just work sometimes, you'd be like, that's the other thing. Relate to where people are. So, like, if I know you're miserable at work, I'm not going to be like, hey, girl, just got promoted. Love my yeah. job. Like, you'd be like, yeah, I know. It's been, like, so many hours here lately. And then they feel like they can connect with you because, like, you're, you're like, adding – to like how they feel what if but what if you didn't have like a week like that who like it's not you're not lying but like i i did work a lot of hours like i might have loved every minute of it but i still did work a lot of hours yeah i know what you mean i I, like worked a lot last weekend so i just wanted to sleep this weekend okay yeah me too just like just wanted to like enjoy my time before monday starts yeah i know what you mean like happy monday we're back you know Mm, okay interesting i wait i had a i I had something that i like wanted to add to you when you were saying how like you exchange favors and like the person that you're asking favor from actually feels better about like doing the favor yeah i feel like 
I see that in like my personal life as well, not yeah. just professional life. But for example, if I needed a ride to the airport or something and I and I like asked you and you said yes. And I'm like, oh, wait, like now we don't just like hang out and do fun stuff together. Mm-hmm. But you would also like take the time to drive me to the airport. Right. And also, if you asked me to the airport, I would feel like, oh, I'm close enough to Rosie Correct. that she actually wants to ask me to give her a ride right. to the airport or right. stuff like that, you know? So I can definitely see that in person. That's interesting. And asking is vulnerable. Like, if I'm like, Prona, I really need your help. Yes. Jake's back. So you are being the, you're already taking the vulnerable spot. So it just, like, lets you, like, be my savior, which is, like, easy for you. Oh, yeah, I can take you to the airport. It's, like, me having to be like, hey, like, I'm so sorry. I never, like, wanted to ask, but, like. I really need a ride to the airport. Is there any chance? And, like, it's totally fine if you can't. Like, I'm taking just, an awkward position. Yeah. And then you can be like, yeah, I can fit that in on my way home from work. Sure. Yeah. And, like, I already took the, like, awkwardness. Uh, it was my responsibility. Oh. So, like, if you're okay with being, like, the awkward one, then, like, it just, like, lets other people not be awkward. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. And I also learned that in – I took a class in college, um, the psychology of relationships. So I learned that you would it, – it feels better for people to do something for someone else yeah. than to ask – which is, like, obviously the opposite of what you would think. Yeah. I learned that in, psych, in, like, psych. I didn't just come yeah. up with that on my own. I wish I did. No. <laughs> Rosie's principle. <laughs> Five principles for success, number one. Because yeah. I sometimes I know that if I need a favor, I, I will not ask people because – I'm just like, oh, no, like, I'm going to bother them. You, you feel know? like you're bothering someone. Yeah. Right. But then I know that when someone asks me, I feel good. I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah, like, no problem. Or, yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, there's literally no issue. Right. I'm, I'm happy to help. Right. But then it's so weird when I'm put in the spot to ask for a favor, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to say no, right. and, like, they're not going to like it. I'm just being annoying and all that, yeah. and, I, and I won't. And I feel like because I'm not reaching out and, like, asking for that favor, our relationship could have gotten to, like, a different yeah. level, but it won't now right. because I just put myself yeah interesting okay and also like i'm sure you've had different experiences whether you liked them or not like i'm sure like you can relate to a lot more like types of people than you think and not just you but anybody because like i've played sports before so i can bond with people who played sports to a certain degree right even if we have nothing else in common i could bond with them about that or like even if i went to a party one time like if there's someone who really likes to go out and live it up you could use that one experience they don't have to know that it was only once but like you have like experienced it before so it's like experiencing different sides of yourself Where's my case? <laughs> i don't know it's a handed directly to receptionist did you get it delivered at the mailbox don't put your address on the podcast yeah now we gotta cut that out yeah i probably have to bleep. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's in the mailbox yeah <laughs> guys don't come to my house <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now, I, okay, I have, I have to practice that. Okay, wait, wait, sorry. I, I know I wanted to ask this, but for example, like, Carissa's coming over, right? Yeah. And you're going to meet her today, yes. and this is the first time that you're going to meet her. Yes. Um, so how would you, like, get to know her and get her, I guess, get get her to, like, talk? Uh, well, she'll come in, and she'll probably, you guys will talk for a second, and you'll be like, hey, like, come in, whatever, and I'll be like, hi, Carissa, I'm Rosie. Hi, Rosie, and I'll be like, um, wow, now I feel like I'm really on the spot, but I'll probably be like... If I had heard more about her, I would definitely say, I've heard a lot about you, like, like something like that. And that automatically makes her feel good, you know, because she's like, oh, people are saying good things about me. Like, that oh, would work okay. on me if someone said that. Okay. It does work on me when people say that. Yeah. Um, and then I'd be like, 
so you work at Stryker too, right? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And then she'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, like, what do you do? And then she'll talk about her job because she's an expert she's, in who she is and she likes to talk about herself. I like to talk about myself. It's nothing like, it's nothing negative. Mm-hmm. And then she'll probably be like, oh, what about you? And yeah, I'm in the program with Perona. So yeah, that's wait, that's so cool. How did you guys meet? Well, blah, 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 blah. And then now she's already told me like what she does, how you met. Oh, are you from around here? So all of a sudden oh, it's like, okay, okay. And then if she's like, oh, I have a cat. Well, we can bond about that. Oh, I, like, live with my boyfriend. Oh, well, we can bond about, you know, boyfriends or whatever. Just, like, mm-hmm. opens things. Okay, okay, okay. Can okay. keep all the personal information out. And, like, um, so what do you open up about personally? Like, if someone, I would answer people's I don't have anything to hide. Like, I would answer your question if you were, like, I don't know what, what you would ask me, but, like. I would answer, honestly, but most of the time, like, I feel more comfortable being the one to, like, ask, not talk. Yeah. Which has its own downfalls, like I shared with you before. Um, so I like to have control of the conversation and, like, not in a schemey way, it's just, like, yeah. that's how I function. Mm, okay. Um, but if you're trying to facilitate conversation, you definitely want to talk about things that you know the other person can relate to. Like, if you have two kids and they're both doing Zoom school, and I could be like, yeah, my last semester of Zoom school is rough. Like, I can't imagine doing that as a kid. And then that, that like, they oh. can speak to that so easily because they're going through it. Instead of being yeah. like, I went rock climbing last weekend. And they're like, what's a rock? What's? You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, like, speaking to things you know people can easily come back about. Okay. So, hmm. When you're having conversations, are you self-conscious at all? Uh... Mm, depends on the person. I'm self-conscious if it's, like, like a higher-up at work. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to be perfect. I have to, okay. Everyone is like me. Yeah. Um, or sometimes if I zone out, then I get really self-conscious. Because some people love, love to talk okay. about themselves. And yeah. they will go on uninterrupted for so many minutes. <laughs> and then I start to, like, glaze over. And then I realize <laughs> what I'm doing. And so I have to, like, tune back in and be like, mm. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. So because, like, if they stop talking and I'm – zoned out then it just like makes everything a mess oh okay okay so sometimes or sometimes i'll get like self-conscious if i'm not making eye contact or if i'm making too much eye contact that's when i get really self-conscious especially for people for the first time because i know like you like to make eye contact some people like don't like to make eye contact at all and then if i don't know if you like to make eye contact is it weird that i'm staring you in the (laughs) eyes right now should i be looking down or does that look to you like I'm not listening, so should I like, oh, okay. look at your nose? So it kind of looks like I'm looking at your okay. vicinity, but we're not making direct eye contact, you know? Yeah. What? There's so many different avenues. I don't think I've ever thought about it like that. It's, yeah, it's like weird. Yeah. Well, I never thought about it either until you brought it up, and I was like, oh, skill? <laughs> Question? Okay. And Super so I've been hard? thinking about it recently because you said that. Yeah. And so then I was just trying to think, like, what are, and then I started noticing, like, the things that I do what, when I okay. have conversations. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I have to, I think I have to, I have to learn how to incorporate that better. I feel like I can, right now, I can, I can only talk about stuff that I want to talk about. Okay. You know? And yeah. if we can't relate, I, like, oh, okay, like, we just can't relate. Mm-hmm. You just don't like the same things as I do, and right. then that's it. To me, I, like, I'm so fearful of awkward conversation. Like, it's just, like, cr- it's so cringe. I think 
I just like try to prevent that at all costs any awkward conversation so I'll talk about black bean stew if you want to talk about it as long as it's not awkward like and then after I leave the conversation half the time I don't remember really what we talked about or like I feel like kind of like exhausted from like your not yours but like someone's like like, word vomit but like I know it wasn't awkward so that's all I care about but I cringe so much when it is awkward and I can't like nothing I do makes it unawkward after we have the conversation I'm like I need like recovery time it's just like too much but then so and then I have a following question so with that like how do you know like which people you genuinely connect with and which people you're just like that's what I struggle with yes comfortable like they're comfortable with you so they talk to you but then how do you know you're genuinely connecting with a friend so I had that problem when I first moved here because once my mom left after she moved me in I knew nobody yeah at all like there was no human being that I knew and so like I had to start from scratch and like make people my friends and I needed friends and I was very aware of that so I wasn't in the space to like pick who's my friend I was more in the space of like I want people to invite me to do things so like I need to be the person that makes them feel comfortable so they want to be my friend. Like, I didn't feel like I was in any sort of space to be like, mm, I don't want to be your friend because I needed friends. So I ended up, like, making a lot of people feel comfortable and getting yeah. invited to a lot of different things. Yeah. And for a while, that made me feel, like, really special. I mean, it still does when people invite me to do things. So I felt really special, and so I would make an effort to go. But I would be there, and I never felt like – or I wouldn't feel like I was getting anything out of it. Like, there's a couple of groups of people that I would hang out with, and, like, after I went home, I felt more exhausted than when I went there. Yeah. And I kind of felt like it was a waste of time because, like, I didn't feel like I got anything out of it. But I learned about these people, but, like, they don't know who I am, and also, like, the whole time I was there, I was, like, kind of, like, exhausted. Like, it took too much energy. Yeah. And so I think I shared this with you, like, a, maybe six weeks ago to a couple months ago, I made the conscious decision to, like, only spend time on people that... I've actually connected with yeah which has made my my social settings and my social experiences more meaningful because like after I go home I'm gonna feel like energized from being with you today and I'm gonna feel like excited to like for the next time and all those things um as opposed to like going home and being like I'm exhausted so it's like I have to like be aware that just because someone wants to invite me somewhere yeah. and like likes how I make them feel doesn't mean that we're actually friends which yeah. is like something I've just come to learn in the past couple months like we can be friends we can, we're yeah. friendly but like it doesn't mean that like I should value them as one of my friends just because I make them feel comfortable yeah you know? okay okay interesting yeah it's very... I feel like that makes me sound so like like schemey and like not genuine but like I ain't like I I do genuinely want to get to know these people those are just like things that I've learned from like many many awkward conversations yeah no I don't think it makes you feel I don't think it makes you schemey for me I think that's the only struggle that I could see that I've like that I have a hard time I guess understanding is someone who's like friendly and everything but what's the real you and I struggle with that yes yeah because like with you I like to talk about like deep things but like when I go hang out with like Denise like we don't talk about that kind of stuff so I access a different side of myself so I always feel like I'm playing to a different side of myself with you I'm a different person with my parents I'm a different person so it's like these are all different sides of me yeah but like not like it's not the same me showing up to everything and so sometimes I feel like I'm like where who am I right now where am I and it's like it can be kind of difficult. 
I go through like phases where I'm like I want to be like one thing and then I'm like no that's not who I am so I go to the opposite and then I'm like that's not who I am so it's like I always feel kind of disconnected from myself because I'm always like playing to the side that like that gets along with that person do you know can you like describe a Rosie that you feel is like most yourself not without thinking about it like I don't really if I thought about it I could probably come up with something I guess I feel most myself when I'm like completely alone but I don't yeah I don't know if that's like normal like does everyone feel like that I think so I feel like when other people get involved in like a situation or whatever like then it changes. Like, I could say, oh, I meditate and I journal, and then I can, I'm completely myself, because all I have to worry about is what mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But whenever, like, Jake gets involved, put in the picture, and then we're doing something, then I am a, diff- I am a slightly different person, right. because there's another person who's involved. Right. And then when you're in the picture, it's like, oh, wait, now there's three people involved, or two people in- people involved that I'm interacting with, and I have to, like, I just can't be myself myself it's yeah. different like, you know in social situations like you you interact in a different way right. than you would if you were like by yourself yeah yeah so sometimes when I hang out in groups yeah either I commit not command a lot of attention but I feel like I like like when we played Catan that one time I feel like I was talking like a lot more than everyone else and I don't know if that's true but like I don't know how to be like compatible with you and Denise and Ankita and someone new all at one time because it's like which me am I you know what I mean yeah then in that case how do you approach it I guess how do you compensate for it I don't know I think I I I actually don't know the answer to that I would have to think about that and I will think about that um because I I like group settings but it's like yeah like which which one am I gonna be and I that always happened to me in college too where I would have like different friends and it all would work out and then we all came together I would be like Uh, am I supposed to be like the bookworm or like the cool girl or like the sorority girl or like the engineer right now I don't know like which how do I do all at once ah okay so there's definitely like struggles that come with it okay interesting yeah that's very interesting Hmm. okay I I think we can end it on that right it's just interesting because it's so I think it's different than how I I see the world but it's just interesting what do you like how do you like what is different about how you see the world or like how you function like are you always the same person with everyone then yes and that's why I think so this like reading books and like all this stuff this is very me yeah and that's why I like this is so easy to do like this us having this conversation is so easy for me to do but and I will try to have these like conversations with other people mm-hmm. and if they are not like introspective type of people I can yeah. tell yeah and then I'm and then like well I have a now there's like a big part of me that I can't share I with them. See. and then so yeah I, I yeah and then I'm like well I, I can't yeah I can't anymore and yeah I don't think yeah I'm same. yeah I'm same with with everyone yeah I think there's definitely like positives and negatives to both I think yeah because I have a lot of experiences where I'm like I feel like actually ours is is unique in that because you're so introspective and you draw that side out of me and I'm not like this with anybody else because like either 
those people aren't introspective or like I just don't feel comfortable being like this around them so I feel like you genuinely know me like there's things about my life and things about your life like we haven't shared I'm sure but like I feel like you know who I am because we talk about like the like raw stuff so you know who I am at like the heart of me like without any of the like she's an engineer she's a this she's a that you like know who I am but a lot of people like if I only access one side of myself they have no idea who the rest of me is and so a lot of times I walk around kind of feeling like I like no one really knows who I am Mm. even in my relationship sometimes I feel like Hugh doesn't actually like he knows me in like how I function and like what I like and he's like very analytical so he knows he knows who I am but like there's a lot of parts of my life that we've never talked about because like either I don't think that he will understand those parts of me so I just like don't bring them up or don't access them when I'm around him yeah so like a lot of times I'm like oh Hugh doesn't even know about that part of me which is like weird to me because obviously I want like in my relationship I want him to like know everything about me yeah do you think you'll ever like share those stuff with with like Hugh or 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 someone else like these raw stuff I would love to with Hugh. I've talked to him about, like, how we are, and um, I just, like you, like, if it's, like, if someone's not on that level of introspection, it's, like, you feel like it's just going to be, like, so missed. Yeah. That it's, like, I don't even want to bring it up and be raw with you if you don't even know where to go with it. Like, if all you're going to say is, like, oh, cool, then, like, I'm not going to bring it up. It doesn't add to the experience. Yeah. It makes me feel kind of, like, misunderstood around you. Yeah. Um. But if I knew that he was going to be like, oh, my God, like, I have the same thing and we can bond over it, then I'd be like, and this, and this, and yeah. this, you know. You open up, yeah. yeah. That, that's how I feel most of the time. I think I will, whenever I'm meeting someone new, I will definitely show, like, ask questions and, like, show them this introspective side of me and, like, sh- share something. Just to let them know that I am, I like these type of conversations. And then if they say, like, oh, okay. Oh, cool. But then they're like, they don't have anything to add. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're like, all right, message. It's like, okay, like you don't. Yeah. And maybe I'll try like a couple more times. I'll like ask them. Like one of the questions that I think I ask is like, like, oh, tell me about your like childhood and like, how did you grow up? And like, oh, how do you think it shaped the person that you are? It's very deep. I feel like I like, I think that comes off as like very intense to a lot of people, but I'm also like, like, part of me doing this podcast is also me putting out this introspective self of myself so that people know that this part of me exists and is a big part of me. Because I think most of the time I've always put up, like, oh, I'm, I'm this, like, I want to be this, like, cool girl who's, yeah. like, hip and, like, yeah. does parties and whatever, all that stuff. Right. Or, oh, no, I don't read books because that's, like, nerdy and stuff. Right. I never thought that that was cool and I would, but I was always doing it. I just right. hid it so that people wouldn't know. Right. And I was always, like, felt like this was so vulnerable to, like, put, talk about yourself and like talk about your prisons that's very vulnerable and like right. raw conversations but I've always appreciated people who have had that conversation whether in like podcasts or people that I've like known and mm-hmm. I'm like oh wait and whenever ha- they have these raw conversations I feel like something changes within me like if I hear someone else talk about like something raw that's happened to their life and I can relate to it I'm like oh wait I'm the same way like why did that happen or, or something mm-hmm. I just feel like I can really connect to them. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, well, then I should put myself as who I am out there so that people who would connect with me can connect with right. me, you know? Yeah. 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 At least I give people the chance to see 
or like see me for who I am. Right. And some people might not like it, and that's fine. Right. But some people might like it, and then we connect, and then we hit it off, and then. And I think the the benefit to that is that when you do like connect with those people, I'm sure those relationships what they can go far. And so yeah. your circle is all like people that you know understand you you understand them and like you always like get something out of hanging out whereas like if you like are like the sorority girl one time the gym rat sometime else the nerd another time it's like how do you know who you're actually going to gain energy from and like like be with and then I ended up wasting like so much time being with time and effort which I've like shared a little bit with you about people that like don't really know me and we don't really have a lot in common but I'm good at like relating and so then I end up, like, spending all this time with people who don't really, we don't actually, at the root of things, like, we don't really either get along or we don't understand each other. Yeah. But I'm just going to be like, yeah, I can be a sorority girl right now if you want me to. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. There's, like, positive and negatives to both sides. Yeah. Because one of the negatives to my side is that then I, I'm still working on it, but I know I get insecure because I'm like, oh, well, if I can't connect with people and relate to them, mm-hmm. then people who have different interests than I do, like, they won't want to be my friend because... We don't have anything in common. And then right. I'm obviously not trying to relate or, like, get to know them on mm-hmm. that level. So, like, I'm only wanting to hang out whenever it comes to my interests. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and then I'm always like, oh, well, there's not going to be a lot of people who are going to be introspective. So that means that I'm not going to have friends. Like, how is that going to work out? Right. Yeah. Right. And then I want to have friends. But then also, like, it's exhausting for me when I'm doing something that I don't want to do. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like, I should do it anyway. But then I'm just exhausted. I'm like, why did I do like, what's it? what's the point? Yeah. yeah. But then I still want to go. I still want to do it. And I want to hang out. So. Yeah. It's weird. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if there's, like, more middle ground people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But either. again, it's like hard to get that out of someone if they're not like if they don't like think about how they function. It's hard to be like, hey, like how do you relate to people? Because people are gonna be like, what? What? Just yeah. Ask, like just have a conversation. Yeah. Whereas we're like, well, then if I draw the energy yeah. out yeah. of them from this, then we can go to this and we do favors, and now we're best friends. But they don't know. Like, yeah. People don't think like that. I feel like, or maybe they do. I just never. I don't know. I've tried that. to have this like, conversation with my sister, who's also like very empathetic and can just like connect with people and just like bring out the energy in people. And I was like, oh, like, how do you do that? And she's like, I don't know. I just do it. Yeah. And then like, and then like, you're like, okay. Oh, okay. Good I guess I, I, thank you. Like, yeah. Bye. Yeah. Now I can't even learn like how to do it because right. you don't, yeah, it's just like stops the conversation. It's like, okay, that's okay, fine. Bye. Cool. Bye. Nice talking to you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I think we'll end it there. Oh, it's like two hours and 37 seconds. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye.